Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. We are on episode nine. And once again... We are sponsored by Pinot Noir. Well, not. I mean, I wish we were. So it's a good idea. We should get a real sponsorship. If, if from you Pinot are a Noir. Pinot Noir person and you wish to sponsor this podcast, we will willingly drink your wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> being a body image podcast, we should probably get like Fit Vine or Keto Wines or like Dry Farms, you know, just heads. I'll hashtag you. I'll hashtag you. <laughs> so, um, Hannah and Rachel, back here, episode nine. We're almost getting to the stage where hopefully we can invite some really interesting guests. Yep, so if you're sick can. of the sound of our voices and what we have to say, we will be looking to bring you some fascinating, exciting, and insightful people to uh, interview and get their opinions and thoughts and ideas on all sorts of different body image things. But without a hugely interesting, new, and inspiring person, I'm afraid this week you're just <laughs> stuck with Rachel. <laughs> Good old Rachel. Stick with what you got. All right. I mean, one is hoping that if you're still listening to us by now, that you might just have a little interest in Rachel. Um, so a couple of episodes ago, um, we released the aptly titled Hannah. <laughs> Not as creative as spreading spreading cake cake on bread, bread. But, you know, it was descriptive as but, well. But, you know, the I'm, Hannah episode. I'm kind of glad my parents named me Hannah and not spreading cake on bread Jenna. True, yeah. Because that yep. would be, you know. that would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be really cruel. Oh. But anyway, uh, we're here this this episode to find out a little bit more about my co-host, Rachel. Um, we're going to kind of a similar thing to how she interviewed me, do some quick, silly questions, some less silly questions, obviously dive into some body image related questions and then finish with some more lighthearted stuff. Um, and yeah, the whole goal is that by the end of this episode, you just know that little bit more about Rachel. Are you ready? <laughs> For better or worse. Yep. Let's I haven't it. told her any of my questions. And quite honestly, I can't really read my writing. So <laughs> that is a constant struggle for both of us, I think. I is, may is not even ask you notes. what I was intending to ask you. But hey, uh, I'm sure the uh, the Pinot Noir will help it flow. Right. So, Evening recording sessions are, are the best much because better, of that. Much better. Okay, we're going to start with just the quick fire questions. And I know when you did this to me, some of them were not quick answers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's meant to be like... Kind of what first comes to mind. Okay. All right. This is kind of so really... don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Me. Don't overthink it. This is it. probably the worst don't overthink it question I could possibly ask you to kick off. What is your first memory? What? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Don't I... you have like an immediate like first memory that just pops up? Wow. Uh, you could make one up. 
I won't know. I have I have so few memories. That's like the really funny thing is I like I have a terrible memory for my early childhood. Um, I re- okay. actually now I recall you telling me. Yeah, that. I was going to say I was like I was like that's a horrible question because we've talked about this. Um, but okay, I do. I have. It's not super early. I I was probably I think it was I was like five years old, um, and it's possibly one of those partially constructed memories um, based on anecdotes and stories from my mom and stuff. But I was in. French immersion kindergarten in Montreal and I had to pee and because it was French immersion everything had to be in French at school um and so I told my teacher I had to pee and she just said en français s'il vous plaît Raquel en français and I could not remember how to say that in French so did you just have to pee your pants I peed my pants (laughs) like she kept insisting that I say it in French and I got so frustrated and then I kind of got, the, the reason it's like a memory is I, I sort of, I remember feeling spiteful and actually thinking if I just pee on the floor, she'll have to clean it up. So I was going <laughs> to so, say, was that like purely out of spite or was it like, actually I can't hold it anymore. Well, it's going to happen anyway. I hope it was a combination of both because uh, like <laughs> if my first memory as a, as a human was spitefulness, like that's not good. <laughs> But I was also a child, so I'm sure it was a combination of like frustration and actually I just couldn't hold it anymore. Okay, good. I like it. Good first memory. All right. Again, this might be a hard question because you read so many of them. Favorite book? Um, I'm going to say Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Why? Uh, it's just I never epic. think of that as a book. I it's, think of that as musical yeah i read i read the book uh i also read the very lengthy book um it's just epic like there are so many compelling characters and if you've only seen the musical there are probably some characters that you feel compelling but the book has like 20 more compelling characters um the late miserable just makes me think of that time you took me to see it in santa (laughs) barbara when it was like it was a young people's it was theater like group, the, so it the, was like yeah, they were teenagers, the but they were kids. Group. And then there was the song where they're like singing about, about prostitutes. prostitutes. And you leaned yes. over and you're like, this is they, awkward. They and had, I was just really hungover. I was like, I don't even know read, what's happening. Right, like some pretty racy lyrics about, yes, French prostitutes. Because um, there were kids who were like six in that production. <laughs> Whew, yeah, okay. All right, greatest fear. Oh, wow. You don't have one that comes I straight think, to mind. I mean, honestly. Spiders? Being eaten by a shark. Oh. And that, you bought yourself an inflatable kayak I to go did. out on an ocean that's infested with uh, But sharks. the kayak is bright orange, and sharks generally attack things that they think might be harbor but seals. But the undercarriage of it's not bright orange, though, is it? That's a terrible thing for you to say, but you're right. The undercarriage is not orange. Sorry, it probably just ruined But if I ocean flip upside bag. down, it'll be orange. Wow. Okay, well, there. Getting eaten Thank by you sharks. for stoking that fear. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, moving on. More fun one. Favorite food? Probably. Oh, well, stuffed crazy bread from Little Caesars. What is crazy bread? It's like this disgusting but amazing like doughy bread that Little Caesars Pizza makes. And back in like the 90s, they they invented stuffed crazy bread where they stuff it full of 
probably what wasn't even real mozzarella cheese and then the top is just coated in like a weird not really butter sauce and and parmesan so your favorite food is something that's not really food right it's hardly food and luckily it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore oh okay food that <laughs> did exists it get, did is... it get taken away because it was like so terrible well, for you I mean, or does little caesars not exist i don't i kind of just stopped eating little caesars it might still exist but i haven't checked in a while uh existent foods it's sushi okay uh fastest speed you've ever driven it like on a road not on any racetrack where i was in the driver's seat or yeah, in the, no as where a you were driving 120 probably <gasps> you rebel it was by accident like yeah where were you <laughs> um i think that was on I, I i used to drive cross country quite a bit when I was like moving between Toronto and here and then Texas and Toronto and I think it was just purely by accident when you're on an open road and you don't pay attention. <laughs> I feel like the middle of America should be just to send it as hard as you can. Yeah so. well like places like Montana I think they got rid of their speed limits. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay how many different languages can you count to 10 in? Ooh, wow that's fun. Uh, French, Spanish, Dutch, German, English. I think it's just those five, but I could probably fake it in Italian as well. Fake it. <laughs> I mean, one through ten, I could probably fake it. All right. <laughs> Favorite body part? Oh, she's thinking real I hard. Mean, oh, man. I like backs. Like Bats. on other okay. people and my own, I kind of want it to look cool. Your own? Okay. It's where all my tattoos are. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe this one's easier then. Least favorite body part? Um, my, oh, this is mean. I should, <laughs> I shouldn't hate this body part, but I always have kind of hated my right boob because it's like. A different size just and shape. Just one of them. Yeah, but isn't everybody? Yeah, but like the left one just looks, I like the look of it better. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> the, the female right, listeners the are right like, one I get it. my judgment over the years. But yes, women should all know this, right? Like all of ours are lopsided and stuff. So I, that's why I feel bad that one is, one gets more of my concern <laughs> than the More other. of your love. <laughs> okay, final silly question. Do you have any recurring dreams? Describe one if you have one. I have one. Hasn't shown up in a while. I hate it. But it's like trying to run. But I'm running through... Even though it looks like I'm running just on a normal surface, I'm like... The air is kind of like thick and sludgy. So like every time I try and like put one foot in front of the other, it's just like in this super hard, slow motion kind of movement. And I'm desperately trying to get somewhere and I wake up like, oh, what does it mean? That, that is hilarious. Cause like, to me, I'm just like, of course, Hannah's worst nightmare is like not being able to do something as fast as she wants to or something. It's like a fitness, <laughs> like fitness mediocrity dream or something. Um, let's see. I, I did have a recurring one for years. Um, and I, 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 feel comfortable Sherry. I haven't had it in a long time because I feel like if I'd had it Don't recently, blame me if it comes back. <laughs> I just right? want to put that out. There. No, I feel like <laughs> if it came back now, I might feel I I I'd 
feel a little bit sad if like my partner felt it meant something about him or something. But I used to have this recurring dream where I was getting married or I had gotten married and the dream was like the wedding reception. And um, the groom was never an actual person. Like he never had a face in the dream. But the whole dream was about how I... Didn't, I, I, I didn't want to marry that person, oh. but it was like too late to tell him that. So I went through with the, the marriage and was feeling super guilty at the reception when everyone was like congratulating us. And I was like, how am I going to tell him Yikes. like this isn't right? So I think that was like a weird anxiety dream based on like probably lots of pieces of my upbringing that had to do with like the pressure to get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered like... Do you believe that like dreams really have meanings or that they're just like a bunch of random thoughts that kind of got jumbled, like the last thing you thought about before you went to sleep and somehow that jumbled up with whatever you've eaten and maybe the right. alcohol or whatever. I think it it's all of that. Cause there are definitely times where you have totally mundane dreams where like the thing that happened to you yesterday just replays in your dream, in your sleep. Do you dream um, in color or black and white? I think both. I dream in color. And I dreamt in like, a couple different languages sometimes, which is cool because they say that that means you're you're fluent or something or getting there if you dream in that language. But um, yeah, I think it's it's got to be a bit of everything, I guess. Okay. I'm okay. sure it's like therapy. Your subconscious is like doing its own therapy Dream sometimes. Therapy. Yeah. Working out some real weird like yours, shit. Yours is clearly working out why you're a slow runner and... <laughs> Now you want to be a fast runner. Well, why do I keep running away from things? I shouldn't be running. Or that. See I should be already... like trying to just stay and face. Ooh, the... Yeah. Maybe you need to like. Man, I should be a dream analyst. I'm going to quit yeah. quit all my jobs. <laughs> all of them. Just all to of do the it. jobs. All right. Well, I'll bring more of my dreams to you then. Okay. You can interpret I can't guarantee that I'm going to help you with your life. I may make you more <laughs> depressed or something, but you know, trial and error. Okay. So little introduction to some random things about Rachel. Next question I have for you is, why did you agree to do this podcast with me? <laughs> oh, because I remember inviting you over, and like we kind of just sat and talked about you know random nothingness, and I had like made a point of being like, hey, you we should say sit you down to and run something talk, by me. run yeah. something by you. And then we kind of talked for a while and I could see you were sitting in the chair like, could you just get to that point? What is going on here? So the question I wanted to ask was like, would you do this podcast with me? Mm-hmm. Why did you agree? Um, well, I mean, as as happened in that conversation, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty good at just sitting around talking about things. <laughs> um, and I think I do remember that. I actually, what I thought you were going to run by me was like some something to do with like a like a fitness competition or something I don't know Mm -hmm. you know something gym related I'm sure but um yeah I mean I said yes because uh I like talking about this kind of stuff with you I thought it kind of came at like a good time for me as someone who was kind of thinking through lots of body image stuff not that I necessarily shared that with you but it was you know that's definitely stuff I've thought about a lot in the past year Um, and it's also just fun. Like I'm, I'm so busy with work and volunteer things. And most of my volunteer things are pretty heavy in the, like, hopefully changing the world kind of realm. And I thought this would be also something kind of like, hopefully, I mean, 
maybe changing a small piece of the world, but right, like doing this, um, hopefully people find value in it, but that it would be a, a, a fun way to go about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was easy. I also don't know if I've really ever said no to anything you've proposed to me. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's a good or bad precedent, but usually you have good ideas. So I mean, it's easy to say. Yes I feel to like you. in a future podcast, I'm just going to throw something at you. Oh my you, gosh. Yeah. I've said And then you're going to have to be like, All right. uh, I'm going to, let's edit that part out. Edit that part out. I don't want to commit to that. It's there for posterity. <laughs> stay tuned, listeners. Stay tuned. Okay. Good answer. Like it. So when you're thinking I obviously asked you to do a podcast about body image. When you're thinking about body image related issues, and we've talked about, we've scratched the surface so far, and there's so many different things you can talk about. What is like the one thing that to date drives you the most crazy that you always find yourself reacting to? Oh, like out there in the world when I see something related to body image. Um, Because I know we've, we've brought yeah. up a few so far, but is there one particular one where you're like, like a fad diet or like, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, that's true. I mean, so we've talked about so many in, in our great, like the, the before and after pictures, you're right. People have already heard all the things I hate of like before and after photos and marketing and stuff. But, um, the one that I hate, I think it comes up really regularly because it always comes up around holidays are like posts that tell you, um, oh, hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. So if you eat two cups of mashed potatoes, that's like a 30-minute jog. Like this, the, like these posts that tell people, like, go ahead and eat that Cadbury cream egg on Easter and then do like 85 sit-ups or something, right? Like this, like posts and like stuff out there that tells people that like what you eat like equates to like something you have to do. Like you have to earn your food. Mm-hmm. So there was like a great post I shared the other day on my Instagram that was just like, here's how many, here's what you have to do to like burn all the calories from your favorite Easter candy. And the left column said like peeps, Cadbury cream eggs, all this kind of stuff, like your Easter ham or, you know, whatever you make. And then the right just said, fuck this shit. You never have to earn your food <laughs> or something, right? Like it was just like, I mean, that is like classic eating disorder mindset. Absolutely. It is like encourage everyone out there to have the most unhealthy relationship with food. Ugh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, we we should do an episode. We will. I think we will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Isn't that wild though? Like young kids who would be looking at social media and that image, like that like kind of concept of... You should feel guilty for eating this, but you can undo your guilt if you do this. Yeah, yeah. And then you know that somebody's going to go, well, if I do double that, then I can undo the cream mm-hmm. egg and maybe lose weight yeah. too. Or the idea as well that like the the food you put in your body has to be burned off. Like just mm-hmm. in general, it, it, it gives you a really skewed understanding of what food does for us. Like you eat to survive. And if you burned every calorie you ever ate like right i mean it's just it it doesn't make sense on so many levels but yeah yeah i hate that okay noted for future episode (laughs) um yeah that's wild okay you have in the past um in past episodes talked a little bit about like your own journey and about sort of 
sometimes getting frustrated with progress pictures or feeling like what is the point or maybe just feeling straight down on yourself. When you have those days and it's totally normal, everybody has those days regardless of how super shiny and positive you may usually be. Who is there like one person that you look to for inspiration, somebody you follow, somebody who just writes really good quotes or just who has a great attitude that when you're having a day like that, you like just quickly look them up or whatever and go like, oh yeah, get out of your own way. Yeah. Uh, the one that immediately comes to mind, um, and actually I think she's she's the one that posted the, the thing about the Easter candy and like, fuck this shit. Um, her name is Steph Gaudreau and she has a great podcast and um, now her, her thing actually a lot of what she does is on intuitive eating and stuff like that but she's also the one who I used to follow a while back that was just like hashtag like wear the damn shorts mm -hmm. um, all about like doesn't matter what you think you look like in shorts. Like if you are comfortable working out in whatever attire you should wear it. So it's like she's she's yeah, an incredible kind of influencer, very smart, um, you know, seems to understand way more about what body positivity actually looks like than I do. Um, so I always, I learn a lot from her. So I just kind of, she's got good posts like that. But, but I mean, I don't know. I, I still feel like the power of our own mind when you're in a funk, it's kind of hard to. Have you learned through like any of the coaching that you've had, like how to flip that mindset so if you're ever like I don't like what I see I'm useless I'm not making enough progress this is shitty I want to look like somebody else have you learned any <laughs> mad skills to be oh, you're in my head I'm in your head <laughs> um, I'm gonna be in your dreams tonight <laughs> you know I think I mean maybe this ironically I feel like that's where the value is of having past data. So whether or not that like progress photos or um, in the, the coaching I do is through Black Iron Nutrition and in their app, you can just go look at your graph. Like, so it's all very graphical. I love data and, and that kind of visualizing data. Um, so I feel like I often will do that. I'll just go back and look at my graph from September through now. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely, like regardless of what I'm feeling like the last few days, like there's absolutely no denying that those progress photos are different and those graphs show a definitive change. So it's kind of like I, I use data to just kind of remind me this is a long process and things have changed, even if I'm not feeling like they've changed enough this week. So if you ever have days where you're just like, oh my God, I'm so hungry, or I'm just like, I'm over this. Like, I don't want to weigh my food. I don't want to care. I just want to have a dang day off. <laughs> do you do it? Well, I mean, I, I definitely have those days. I think I've gotten better at just, uh, I mean, if I'm really hungry, there are, I would say, more often than not, I will just go ahead and eat something else. Because um, I think that's that's also what I've learned from nutrition coaches, from from fitness coaches, I mean, from conversations you and I have had and all other kinds of, you know, information that I've taken in. It's like your, your body lets you know what it needs. Like if I'm mm -hmm. super hungry, maybe it's because even though I'm trying to cut, you know, I had a really crazy 
workout the day before and my body is still just like wants something. So, you know, I'll go ahead and eat another small meal or like a snack probably. So I'm pretty like now, even when I'm feeling bad, like I gotta be honest, I'm kind of having a little bit of a week like that, but I've literally got my cinnamon crunchy broad beans over there and I'm having this glass of wine because like, I'm trying to just keep reminding myself that like those little things, like these couple hundred calories of extra food today is not what's going to make or break it, right? That's not what's going to affect the the whole trajectory. No. Um, and if you can do that on a, on a small scale and just make sure, okay, tomorrow I'm not going to make that two glasses of wine or, you know, like let it get out of control, that that's kind of how I talk myself off the ledge, I guess. I'm with you. I'm having an extra calorie day. I've been like hungry yeah. as all hell today. But so we've I was also like, worked really hard. Oh, like, I mean, I know I know how much I've worked out in the past few days, and it's it's quite a lot. So, well, there you go. Uh, I was about to say you earned it, but that I was, was I know that exactly right. It's like, <laughs> but that's not to say that's what earned no. it. But acknowledging the exercise is important, and like, yeah, understanding that that's probably why my body feels hungry. Yeah, and if you want yeah. to be able to perform, then you need to have. You, you can't be performing on like zero fuel. Yeah. Because that yeah. becomes also exactly. unhealthy. Okay. Uh, so how often do you train? That was a nice little accidental oh. segue. Wow. Yeah. How often do I train? Um, right now, I would say I do... I have weight, some kind of weights in my hand uh, four days a week. And that's usually... At least two of those days is sort of like barbell work. Um, I have one a circuit training kind of day that's mostly just um, dumbbells and kettlebells. And then I'll often do like a Saturday CrossFit class. So that's kind of a, that's usually up to you or in your <laughs> world of, of different equipment and stuff like that. So I would say four days like that training. And then I, on, I also have days where one day where I do some sprint like sprint intervals so either running or biking sprint intervals and then uh I have two days where I uh do like at least four miles of like I guess power walking I don't I don't know what actually power walking you means. do that weird hip I don't do the weird it's not like speed walking if you ever like I don't if I ever drive past you and you're doing that weird thing no, I am gonna roll down my window yeah and make no comments. I and I fully I would not blame you for that um no it's so that's why I'm saying I don't know what power walking is because like I'm basically I'm walking at a pretty quick pace but not speed walking like and I could be being chased by a bear but I'm not sure not, I not don't want to know probably not that no I mean a bear would definitely catch me um, but then there's also like a big hill involved. It's so like mm-hmm. walking uphill. So I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just walking. I don't know what power walking means. <laughs> but no, up. I don't wiggle my hips and like, yeah. That just always looks so like, it wasn't that in the like, Olympics once? It, I think and it I looked is. at it and I was like, it's, that does not look good for you. I... Like, that looks more aggressive than running for your joints. Yeah. Well, and the weirdest thing is, is that because it's an Olympic sport now, like, there are there are judges who actually just stare at the people when they're doing it and, and have to determine when it becomes running. Like, right? There's a very fine My line goodness. with how fast they do the walking that, like, it can, it can accidentally like become intense running. intense judging. Yeah. Can you imagine Ooh. that that's, like, your specialty as a judge? 
Like he thought counting like counting double unders or something is, is difficult. Can you imagine like being the one who makes the call between that that no. speedwalker just started jogging or like whatever <laughs> made made the move. <laughs> you yeah, know. Uh what is your why for training? Like why do it? Is there a particular point to it? Do you just do it because you love it? Like, what is your why? So I think the why, when it comes down to it, is just one of my absolute core values. And I just redid a little value sort exercise with some nonprofit colleagues of mine. So like this confirmed again, this is like probably my top core value is growth. Um, And I think that's also why I read so much and I'm always learning new things and like, like, I just feel like we're constantly improving. There's this great uh, Japanese word for it, kaizen, which is just like always improving. No matter what you're doing or at what point of your life or, or Does that, that have thing, like an like, end point? Like as you get no, older and your brain cells point. start to deteriorate? Well... Is there like a point where you've reached the peak and you no, know, even if you're still trying to improve, it's just not you know, humanly possible to I, improve it? I mean, obviously, yes. With our biological limitations, that has to be a thing. That's actually a great question. I kind of want to look into what kaizen, like what that Japanese... Because I feel like they would have thought of that, right? What Can yeah. you actually just constantly improve? Um, obviously, we can't completely work against our biology and just, yeah. The, you mean, the you reality. can constantly seek to improve, but there's yeah. got to come a point where it's just yeah. not I mean, we have genetic, humanly yeah. possible. We have genetic limitations, right? So obviously, like, I will never be, uh, well, we can use one of our favorites, like Sam Briggs, the elite CrossFit athlete who is a master's athlete, right? But still competing with the younger folks in the main open division. Um, yeah, you, and even at her age, she is still getting better though, right? Like in, in a recent open is. workout, she matched her top lift from a number of years ago in a different workout. And this one was much harder. It's like, she is constantly improving. And but I that like still that's, is amazing. Like even within our, my own little realm yeah. at the gym, people are still amazed like younger people, like in their twenties, oh, even like yeah. up to thirty, are yeah. still amazed that a forty, almost forty-one year old person can yeah. continue to get stronger and beat their asses. I'm like, it's not the end of the world when yeah. you turn forty. Well, and I mean, that's the thing is like, and and I get it. Most sports, you know, younger people tend to dominate, but like in endurance, running, and and a lot of other sports, it's actually older athletes who are like way better, and they keep getting better. And I think we're gonna see it more um, and more now that. In general, I mean, not yeah. everybody, but we know so much more about how to be healthy okay. and like what to fuel our bodies and people care more about that. And like yeah. when I was a teenager, early 20s, everyone was smoking yeah. and like that now it's like, you know, I don't know anybody who smokes. And so yeah. like the healthier we become, the more knowledgeable we become, the more we care. Mm-hmm. Then I don't doubt that when we're like granny age. That yeah. people our age are just getting are started like, exactly. and they're like crushing it. And, and I mean, actually, yeah. And the, the smoking thing, I mean, that, that gets me to the other big part of my why. So like the Kaizen constant growth kind of value system, that's my like philosophical why. But my very practical why is just, you know, I wasn't great to my body in my 20s and into my 30s. Like I, you know, yeah, I smoked. I did not eat well. I was a graduate student you know, a doctoral program that lends itself to late nights, like bad sleep, all kinds of like mental health stuff too. So I also felt like when I kind of discovered, you know, being interested in fitness, 
in my mid thirties, I was just like, oh, this is a chance for me to finally treat my body better Mm -hmm. and kind of make up for all that. So I feel like I'm also kind of repaying uh, some debt (laughs) to my own body. Uh, Yeah. From bad decisions earlier in life. Oh, do you feel like since you kind of, you said mid thirties, you kind of got into this. Do you feel like it's been like a constant state of improvement in terms of that? Or have you gone through like, yeah, I really care about this all in full send. And then have you ever been through phases where you're like, I don't, why do am I doing this? What? Why? I quit. I'm done. Like how did last year fare? Because obviously last year people went to gyms and then all of a sudden gyms weren't a possibility. And then it was like, your only option is to, and then like we have a, so we live in a place with an HOA and a little gym and like you had been using that and then that shut down too. And now you're left with just a weird world, lots of unrest, uneasy feelings, not sure what's going on. Like everybody took to drinking some more wine and just maybe like (laughs) eating their feelings a little bit. Did you keep working out regularly or was there any point during that where you were like, what the hell is the point? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a, a, definitely a pretty lengthy period of last year where the only thing I was doing was walking. Mm -hmm. Granted, I tried to make myself walk every day um for a good length of time so i was like getting in my steps but actually i I remember it was uh we had that little um innate accountability group Mm -hmm. and alan mentioned that he was making himself leave his house every morning first thing like get out of the house get some fresh air and so i started implementing that um so i just go out for a walk first thing before anything else and that was huge for like mental health but also just getting movement and steps in but there was definitely yeah there were i mean months and months went by last week or last year where i did not certainly didn't have any weights in my hand i mean i think part of what made it a little easier last year is that we're neighbors so we did outdoor workouts like in our carports and stuff together um so that was helpful but but yeah i would say last year was last year was probably one of my lowest points of feeling like Am I losing everything I've worked toward all these years? Um, what was the kicker? What made you suddenly go, hang on, uh-uh, I'm not losing all that. Let's yeah, let's uh, uh, take the wheel back and uh, control this ship. Well, it was probably it was probably my trip to the Tetons. So last August we got to do a big road trip. Shortly after you guys did your road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and went to the Teton Range with some friends from Colorado and did five days backpacking on the Teton Crest Trail. And that trip, like, despite not having lifted and trained the way I normally would, I did lots of walking with, like, my weight vest and things like that. Um, I felt great on that trip. Like, I mean, obviously, your feet still hurt after 10 miles and 5,000 feet of elevation gain, but... Um, I felt really strong still. And so I came back from that trip with like kind of renewed interest in like, okay, that was kind of awesome. I want to make sure that I, I feel that way on all my trips and all my backpacking adventures. Um, so that was kind of after that trip is when I came back and redoubled, well, not even redoubled. I just started efforts on like nutrition and think that was probably around when our little gym here in the neighborhood opened up again so I got some dumbbells and kettlebells back in my hand and that felt good um and now yeah now we're not fully back but but somewhat I mean back it feels now, like, like it barbells compared and, to yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Even if I have to wear a mask while while do, doing my barbell work, it's great to have that back in my hand. So, cool. All right, back on the train, the gains train, making them gains. Um, so different tangent. You have mentioned this, I think, in a previous episode, but you suffer from PCOS, mm-hmm. which plays a role in like your body size, shape, metabolism, ability to lose weight. And I know in the past, like before you went on your, your trip, you just mentioned and kind of went, Oh, okay. I can do, I want to get back into all of this that you had mentioned at the beach one time I was out on my paddleboard came in, you took, you took it out. Like it was, it's kind of just starting to warm up. And it was like people were putting on bikinis for the first time. And you said, I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm just never going to wear a two-piece because I just can't lose weight (laughs) is what it is kind of thing. Um, So jumped ahead with that point. But like, first up, I want to know a little bit about PCOS. What is it um, and when and how were you diagnosed with it? Got it. Yeah. So, um, okay. So it stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, and it, it's actually a remarkably common condition. Like I think it's somewhere in the vicinity of like six or 7% of all women have some form of PCOS. Um, so I think medically speaking, that's a really significant number. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 19 maybe um i had super irregular you know it's 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 hormone related so um ultimately it's like cysts can grow on your ovaries but the whole rest of the syndrome involves a lot of other different um hormonal and metabolic systems so uh i had very very irregular like periods Mm -hmm. um and then when I was in college, got like just really bad, like cystic acne, even though I had never really had any skin issues before that. And it was really out of the blue and the, that wouldn't respond to typical treatments from like a dermatologist. So like I even was put on Accutane, which is this really gnarly pill for acne. It like dries out. I was going to say, is that the one that gnarly. dries? Like yeah, in your like, eyeballs It dry causes out. like the corners of your mouth and your eyes to like crack and sometimes Ooh. bleed. Like it's gnarly. It's like, yeah, it's gnarly. Um, and so, but that didn't do anything to clear up the acne. So they were like, okay, if you're not even responding to like this gnarly Accutane, you need to go to a gynecologist because it's obviously hormonal. It's something different. So that sort of combination of symptoms and things, um, it was my dermatologist that diagnosed me and I learned years later that, um, they, they kind of just diagnose, most doctors just diagnose it based on symptoms. There's not really like a test. Like sometimes if you actually have a cyst on your ovary, they can do like an ultrasound or something, but, um, but even that doesn't really confirm it. Mm -hmm. So they kind of just diagnose these things. They put me on birth control, um, metformin, which is a, glucose inhibitor for pre-diabetics and like another medication um you know typical I'm, I'm a little judgy now in hindsight but typical american medicine it was just like here are three pills that you should take not no other no other explanation or 
you know, thought about no, how it could be managed. Some, like, just here's diet or lifestyle or anything. Three like that. pills, take them every day, and yes, this will always make it harder for you to lose weight. So you should because watch of the pills that. or because of the PCOS. Because of the PCOS, like what I learned much later is that the variety of PCOS that I have is insulin resistance PCOS. So that like there's there's four different varieties I think. Um, and the insulin resistance, it does. It means your body uh, just has a different threshold for metabolizing sugar and an insulin response. So you, um, yeah, you, you become more and more insulin resistance, which is then you kind of put on weight more easily and it's harder to lose weight. And then it also puts you at risk for type 2 diabetes um, because of just adding on that weight and not being able to handle... Uh, your blood sugar. So as a teenager being told that you're now on drugs forevermore and there's a good chance you're just basically going to gain weight for the rest of your life. What did you think? Were you like, well, to hell with it. If I'm going to just be gaining weight, I don't really care. Or were you like, oh, good Lord, I need to go on a mission to try and not gain this weight. This is super stressful. Ah. Yeah. You know, it was kind of neither. Like, I think at the time I probably thought, oh, cool, like a pill. Because they told me that the metformin especially, like, might help me lose weight because it's a glucose inhibitor. It's basically like you take it three times a day with food and it somehow blocks your body from responding to, to some of the sugars, the mm-hmm. carbohydrates that you're bringing in. So I thought, oh, cool, a pill that maybe would help me lose weight. I didn't lose any weight. My body didn't really change on either side of the medication. So it kind of just made me not trust or not understand like what was happening, right? But, you know, the the pill did make my periods more regular and stuff like that. So it was that was kind of a good thing. Like I thought, oh, that that makes it just life easier. Um, but then it was like years later when I decided to actually go off the pill because <laughs> I was like, huh, you know, I've lived my entire adult life, more than half of my life on synthetic hormones. And I kind of wanted to try going off of them. So that was actually, you know, it was only three, four years ago that I learned so much more about PCOS and the fact that I could have been managing it differently probably my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like back when I started CrossFit in like 2013, when I first started caring about nutrition a bit more, um, I went gluten-free for a long time and like just really cleaned up my diet through a series of, of challenges at the gym. Um, and I remember like going to my doctor and just saying, hey, you know, I've been on this drug metformin for, you know, 15 years now. And it says it's for pre-diabetes, and I'm pretty sure, like, my diet and my lifestyle, like, I'm not at risk for diabetes right now. Can you, like, explain to me why I'm still on it? And the doctor was like, I had a great, it was actually, it wasn't a doctor, I had a great nurse practitioner who was like, yeah, I don't think you need to be on it. I don't know why the doctors have kept you on this. Wow. Like, there's no reason. Was for there you to any, stay on like, this. harmful effects from being on it for no good reason? Not not that I knew of. Like, I mean, I, I did some research at the time and I don't think there, there was. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's supposedly a very helpful medication if you are diabetic or pre diabetic, but. Um, but it was kind of funny, like to finally have someone confirm, like, yeah, you probably don't actually need to be on these pills at all. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> but also good. I mean, this is why, like, this is why it's so hard for some people to like 
self-advocate with a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Like, like we don't have to just trust. I mean, obviously, yes, they are experts and, and we should listen to them. But if there's ever something you learn about that you want to ask your doctor about, they should also welcome those questions. Right? I feel like they the should... whole diet and lifestyle. And when I say diet, I don't mean being on a diet. I mean like learning about good nutrition and like healthy lifestyle could go a long way to help Mm. so many medical things. And like doctors, of course, like have the ultimate say in, you know, it's way out of my scope of practice to like prescribe anything medical, but like, I'm sure like it makes you wonder how many people in the U S alone because the U.S. does kind of reach for the medication real quick. It's like, how many people could be off the medication if they just made a few adjustments to diet and lifestyle with a little education? But, like, I don't think doctors spend a whole lot of time learning about nutrition during the course of their, like... Probably not. I mean, the ones who were educated in certain decades, certainly not. Right. And I think it's hard now. That's the thing too, is like the same way we look for a coach or a gym community that sort of fits our, our values and stuff like that. I feel like finding a doctor who also is upfront about the fact that like things change and they need to constantly be learning. Like that's, that's super valuable. I feel like like for many people there needs to be like, uh, you know, there's the saying, it takes a village, right? So, yeah. you know, maybe the, the medical doctor needs to be there top of the food chain overseeing like medication that really is required. But then there's yeah. a support system of like nutrition coaches and like fitness coaches yeah. and like even like lifestyle coaches just oh, yeah. to like help get, you know, make sure that we're not medicating people unnecessarily and that like the medicine isn't there to just cover up bad habits or bad, you know, if, you, if you're fueling yeah, yourself with yeah. toxins and right. then taking what is essentially more toxins yeah. to over, overwhelm the toxins. It's kind of like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's true. It's like medicine in its, I mean, people often quote, you know, like Hippocrates and like the earliest doctors who say like, let food be thy medicine, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the origins of medicine, it, it was about whole you know, it was holistic. It was about treating the whole person. Mental health was not separated from physical health. Um, apparently, <laughs> early on, you know, at the earliest possible time, they understood that the food that you eat is, that is what medicine is, right? I mean, like stuff you're putting into your body. So yeah, it's the way things have been so, become so reliant on pharmaceuticals is is tricky. But I also, I'm not like a I'm definitely a big fan of Western medicine. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like this is you place are sick, for if everything. you are hurt, like. But you're right. I think you need to build Sponsored a network. Apple. Yeah, <laughs> build a network of like, yeah, what what all do we need to be healthy humans? And that's that's a lot more than just a traditionally trained Western doctor. It's a lot more than just a naturopath. Like mm-hmm. I think some people swing the other direction and they only want to go to people who say like, oh, like intravenous B12, that, that'll solve that'll everything. Solve everything. And it's like, just put Probably you on not. an IV drip. It's like, yeah, no, that's also, that's also irresponsible. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, maybe more, maybe even three, um, I remember you saying, okay, I've done a bunch of research. Then like, I think it was maybe around the time you decided to come off the birth control and you know just see if you could get your body functioning as it as it should do and you were like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go down kind of the keto pathway and you know technically according to like 
issues with insulin and stuff. I should be better off eating tons of fat and less carbs. And did that do anything for you? I mean, we know we, in the previous episode, yeah. we discussed like how having more carbs in your diet now makes you feel a whole hell of a lot better when you're training harder. Yeah. But yeah. like in terms of like PCOS symptoms, all the rest of it, weight did going down that higher fat Dipping a toe into keto work. Yeah, I mean, keto keto worked fine for me in the sense that, like, not a whole lot changed, right? Like, I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, and and actually, we should be fair. Like, I'm not, I didn't go fully keto. Like, real medical keto is, I mean, it's like fewer than 20 grams of carbohydrates, like, in a day. And never, never that, you would never do all of it at one time, right? Like it's like medical ketosis, kind of the protocols they prescribe for people who have like advanced cancer and like other things where keto is actually prescribed um, is much more extreme than what I was doing. I was just on a relatively low carb diet. Like Mm -hmm. I was like somewhere around like 85 grams of carbs a day or something. And it was tried to be evenly spread out. And the reason for that is that, yeah, the ingesting a small amount of carbohydrates at any given meal your ins your insulin response just doesn't spike as yeah. much so for people who have issues with insulin resistance pcos being one of them or people who are diabetic like that kind of low carb diet definitely works to stabilize your blood sugars mm-hmm. like you can test that with high fat diets your your blood sugars remain really stable you have pretty consistent energy which is why i felt fine doing it but also why I didn't feel great in the gym. Because mm-hmm. like you don't, with the with training really hard, consistent energy, you actually need like bursts of energy and you need the, the kind of fuel that makes you feel good doing that. So, so keto is fine. That's what every nutritionist and doctor told me, which is like try a low carb diet for insulin resistance, for people with PCOS, for if you want to try to lose weight. What none of them ever said was, you lose weight because you're in a caloric deficit. It doesn't matter what the macros are, right? Like the stuff I've learned separately from those doctors makes me realize that, no, I didn't lose weight when I was doing a low-carb diet because I was still eating, right? I I wasn't in a caloric deficit. Yeah, exactly, right? So (laughs) So I broke it. So I I tried those things and they worked for me for what I was trying to do at the time, which was, yeah, transition off of hormonal birth control, try to figure out my hormones, figure out PCOS. So it worked fine, but it that's what it was for and, and nothing else. So I wanted right? to ask you about that because I know a couple of people who have PCOS and they're like, I'm going keto and it's going to like, it's going to revolutionize my life and like maybe lose tons of weight. And so I wanted to ask you to yeah. get your opinion. But I mean, yeah, I mean like weight loss ultimately means you have to be putting less energy in your system yeah. than is going out unless you have one of very few rare genetic diseases when, you know, it's pretty much impossible to lose weight, but just going keto and still eating, like eating matching what you burn or eating more than what you burn. Yeah. Isn't going to be. Or like if you've been chronically under eating, you're also not going to lose weight. So, so yeah, like I would say to those people, like you might, you might feel a magical result. I did not. My body really didn't change much at all. Um, how I felt didn't change much at all other than in the gym. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I feel like with some, some people with PCOS are a lot larger 
than, than I've been even at my heaviest. And I think, right, for people who are really overweight, sometimes you do tend to feel magical results a little quicker, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, you know, the way our bodies work and they work differently. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think... I it, mean, when it, you have a lot of weight to lose, you can shed a lot yeah. on the front end. Yeah. But then at some yeah. point you will stabilize yeah. and things slow down. And it's down. true. Like what, what low carb does, it does help you get rid of water weight and like bloat and things like that. So that's probably what feels magical to a lot of people yeah. <laughs> is they lose water weight in the first week or two. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I... I have lost more weight and feel better more generally now in my life, having gone back to a a more balanced, you know, macronutrient profile. So awesome. Okay, I'm going back to something that we I think we touched on in episode one when I talked about saggy knees, <laughs> aging. <laughs> so you just turned forty. <clears throat> forty two. <laughs> 42, yep. How have you noticed any changes that have come about like in your body from aging? And are you comfortable with that? Or are you like, oh, here it comes. Oh my goodness, (laughs) I'm not ready for this. You know, I, I had the, oh, here it comes moment back at 40. Because in, let's see, in the fall, my birthday's in March. So it was like in the, I forget what year it was, but whatever, the fall preceding my 40th birthday, I, I literally feel like in the three, four months leading up to my 40th birthday, I gained 10 pounds without changing anything else in my life. And I was like, oh my God, this is that stereotype. They say, as soon as you turn 40, you just pack on the weight and it all changes. And obviously I look back at that and I think, okay, something must have changed. I was training less. I was doing, you know, Something was happening. I know it didn't just magically have like gain ten pounds overnight, but um, so if you I did. You'd be a scientific wonder, right? Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I had that back when I was forty, and actually, that kind of started probably the journey that I'm still on now, which is like I know that that wasn't magic. It wasn't just bad luck. It wasn't just turning forty. There are things that happen, right? And I can't even really use the excuse of. Some, you know, some people say, oh, at 40, your metabolism just changes. And like, I get that your metabolism, as we age, it does change the same way lots of other things change, but we can still have some control over it. So I think that, you know, I, at And you're still perfectly capable of moving as much as you did 10 years ago. I think like a lot of that changes when you start to slow down in life and move less, then of course you need less. Yeah. So I am currently... I am currently probably 10 or 11 pounds lighter than I was when I was 40, when I turned 40. I'm also probably stronger mm-hmm. than I was at 40. Or me, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've definitely, yeah, I've, I've still been improving kind of on my strength through different kinds of training and stuff like that. So... Uh, 42 feels better than 40, I guess, is what, <laughs> what that comes down to. I don't know why. Because now I'm getting back. I feel like I'm in more control. Like I was kind of using 40 as an excuse two years ago. And now I'm, you know, I feel like just... 40 is a big excuse. Like when when I was younger, I felt like 40 was like this cutoff point. Oh God, yeah. Where like when you got to 40, you pretty much just gave up. Yeah. And got fat and like just 
stopped working out and said to hell with it and stood in front of the mirror kind of hating on yourself and that was just the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's so sad. I know, but when we were young, it's true. 40 seemed like ancient, but... Yeah. When in actual fact, if you've looked after yourself decently well, and especially for us, neither one of us has had children, so we haven't yeah. put our bodies through any of that. And... Yeah. Like, we haven't lost 16 years worth of sleep. No. Because of a child. <laughs> I mean, I lost that to sailing, but not to a child. Mm. But And you lose some of it to the dog now, too. But, but. I feel like... I, I feel like at 40 years old, you have to pay more attention to recovery. Oh, that's for sure. And if yeah. you like, you know, if you go out raging, not that I do, but we don't, we don't like, rage so much anymore. Two glasses of wine is a rager. But if I go out raging, yeah. then like the working out hungover is definitely harder. And the soreness lingers that little yeah. bit longer. And if I don't go to bed at like my 9 p.m. time or I don't quite drink enough water or I don't eat decent enough food, then it will kick me in the ass a bit more. But absolutely no way do I feel like suddenly I've got to back it off yeah. and slow it down and like eat less. I'm like, oh, heck no. I'm going to ride no. this train I definitely for as want to, long yeah, as I'm eating go. more, I'm sure, than you know, quite possibly than I have in many years. But, but yeah, I will say the aging thing, it is definitely, I, I spend way more time now thinking about my sleep. Mm-hmm. And, it's so you know, important. I bought like, a, uh, I've probably bought more like mobility tools or something in the last two years than I did before the age of 40. Like I have a Theragun that I love and foam rollers and, you know, stuff like that that just makes you feel better. I feel like, well, um, that's like the greatest piece of advice I would give it to my younger self. It's like, just, just get more sleep. I was oh always God, like, yeah, you can I sleep know. when you're dead. I know. I can't believe it took me until after the age of 40 to realize sleep is like the most important thing. I mean, unfortunately, the career I was in in sailing was not really like, didn't lend itself to. Yeah, you couldn't have gotten more sleep even if you sleep. wanted to and knew that you needed it. Like you wouldn't have been able to, but. Okay. So last serious question. Well, kind of serious. I mean. <laughs> I just mentioned that neither one of us have kids, but like having lived your life and experienced all of these crazy things to do with like being a female and growing up and body image and what you should look like and what you should fit into and all the rest of it. If you had a daughter, what would be like your primary piece of advice you would give to her about like her own body image? Oh, I know you have a little niece. So if she was hitting I teenage do. years I have, I have and was starting to be like, like oh, Auntie Rachel, I, I, nieces from, I yeah, feel like I should look kids, a different but... way. What would you say? Um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like advice, the same advice I would give for non-body image things, which is just everything changes and everything can change. Like, Like at no point in our in our lives are we ever like fixed to the point where nothing can change so like i think about my body image when i was a high school sophomore and like started filling out a bit more starting to feel like i was big boned (laughs) Uh, being aware of that being like looking at you know other other girls and and their bodies and stuff like that and like, I just wish I had known how much control I actually had and how much I could change whatever I wanted to. And um, and it's true. It's like I've got, you know, my my 
niece Charlotte, uh, my my other best friend, uh, her daughter Ayla. Um, I mean, they're yeah, they're 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 coming up, you know, they're they're getting in, they're still in elementary school, but um, yeah, I can already kind of start seeing because they're like, you know, in little girls, it's like they start to dress themselves and pick their outfits and all that stuff early on. So I just feel like if they ever struggle with it, I would just want to be like, nothing is ever forever. Mm-hmm. And actually, this was a quote in a book I just read recently, which is like, nothing is ever everything. I and like I think, it. yeah, like I think the author was talking about actually like a broken heart. Mm-hmm. How like when you're also, this is also related to being a kid, like the love you feel when you're like a teenager or something, when you think it's like, this is the be all and end all. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. This is the most intense I'm ever going to feel. Like I, I think that is also related to our bodies. Like, you know, nothing is ever everything. We've got control and things can always change. Ooh, I love it. All right. That was the perfect way to end this serious segment. Okay. <laughs> so now, just because you did this for me, and some of these are so silly, but I just kind of wrote the first things that came into my head. This or that is all about not overthinking as well. So we go yeah, back to definitely, not overthinking. I'm going to say even less overthinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, well, your fun questions at the beginning were harder than they should have been. It's always a good challenge, though, to ask somebody a question that you want an immediate response to that is usually something they think about. It's like, what can I come up with? Realize it's like, trips us up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So here goes. Um, for no particular reason whatsoever, okay. just other than we All can. Right. I'm not overthinking this it. Not overthinking it. MacBook or PC? MacBook. Red wine or whiskey? Both. Delay. <laughs> One. Red wine or whiskey? You can't have both. I threw this one I in there because I knew it was terrible. Hard. I can't answer that. Uh, oh, okay, whiskey uh, because it doesn't disrupt my sleep as much. Hamster or guinea pig? Guinea pig. Good choice. Country mansion or city penthouse? City penthouse. Ooh. Birthday or Christmas? Christmas. New fleo leggings or spa treatment? Ha! <laughs> uh. These days, new fleo leggings. <laughs> They're the gift that keeps on giving. They're so damn soft. Uh, weightlifting or hiking? That's so mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my God. Hiking. Oh, okay. Hiking. Absolutely. Okay. But still, that's super mean. I don't want to give up weightlifting. <laughs> uh, last one. Cheese or chocolate? Cheese. Ooh. Ooh chocolate. Oh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Chocolate or dark chocolate, or would you eat chocolate covered cheese? That sounds kind of weird. I think it'd be great, uh, like a nice mature cheddar covered in dark chocolate. If I'm, I could eat you know, cheese, I would eat. That. I'm surprised Trader Joe's hasn't already made that. It's a matter of time. You know they drizzle chocolate on all their snacks. You know how they have those moon cheese, which is like fried cheese. I bet they drizzle that in dark chocolate soon oh, yeah. enough, and we could try it. I mean, I can't. But Trader you can Joe's, try it. are you listening? You Put dark make that. chocolate on your cheese. <laughs> Just like your your uh, the the chocolate drizzle plantain chips and all that stuff, they could do that with the cheese ones. Awesome, good job, Trader Joe's. You can be a sponsor too. <laughs> sponsors with snacks, that'd be amazing. Snack sponsors and wine sponsors. Yeah, just talk for hours. I it love never it. shut us up. And Fleo legging sponsors. Oh my gosh, we're not desperate, really. <laughs> 
not at all. Not at all. It's a podcast, though. You can't really show off what you're wearing. Oh, so no. We're just going to get famous enough to, like... to get a YouTube channel. Then we can oh, call ourselves okay. YouTubers. YouTubers. I just want a business thing. card that says YouTuber. It's a thing. People do that? You get that on your business card? I mean, I guess. Like, I heard someone today <laughs> describe themselves as a YouTuber, so, you know. Wow. I think I referred to us as as a blog at some point in you one did. of our conversations. So I, I have to even get my head around. You got to get down with the we're, kids. We're speaking, not writing. We're not writing. <laughs> we're writing with our mouths. And with that, <laughs> this brings episode nine to a very fine close. I hope you have learned some interesting things, facts, uh, anecdotes about Rachel. Um, which makes her just that little bit more intriguing to listen to in future conversations. <laughs> uh, next one will be episode 10. And hey, if we can bring it all together in time, then maybe we will even find a guest I to so. introduce another we've voice got, to this we've show. We've got a list. As ever, we really appreciate you tuning in and listening. Feel free to share with family, friends, and the rest of the world. And uh, if you got any questions, if you got anything you'd like us to talk about, send us an old DM and we will for sure look into it. Thanks for listening.